Oh, snap! The world is finally waking up to the crap that's baked into and sprayed on kibble dog food. No longer can commercial pet food manufacturers fool us with pretty pictures and false promises. This is the raw dog food truth. The view and opinions expressed on this podcast are not intended to replace medical advice. Before starting any raw diet, do research, ask lots of questions, and consult your vet. Well, hello, Raw Feeders. I'm Dee Dee Mercer Moffat, the CEO of Raw Dog Food and Company, where your pet's health is our business, and we're friends like the top pet nutritionist, Neely Piazza, Well, we don't let friends feed kibble. That's right. But they do it anyway. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't have enough friends to, yeah, none of mine do. <laughs> right? Right. But, but, but uh, we're going to talk about, you know, we got some pushback uh, on some comments that we made last week. So we'll talk about that here in a second. Uh, But I do want to read a couple of reviews that you've recently had. And, you know, I always think that it's well worth our listeners time to sign up with a consult with Neely Piazza. And here's why. If you're doing any kind of kibble, toppers, dairy, um, if you're doing any kind of medications or supplements and you're still not seeing results, she can unwind the puzzle for you very quickly, very quickly and say, take this out, take that out, take that out. And then uh, do this, this, this and call me in two weeks or maybe three. I don't know how many. Yeah. How many yeah. Weeks depending on what it depending on what it is. If we're doing homeopathy, we might need three or four weeks to to figure things out. But. Yeah. Yeah. But here's one of the reviews. It says, hi, Neely. Thank you so much for the kind words during your last podcast. I know uh, you were talking about me. All jokes aside, I really appreciate all you do. I wouldn't be able to do the right thing if it weren't for people like you, Dr. Connor, Dr. Morgan, and others bringing information to us pet parents. The impact you generate is amazing and it multiplies. Um, that's from Fausto and Tiffany. And then you had another review. It said, I recently got a nine-year-old GSD mix switched over to, uh, the 80, 10, 10, uh, after refusing to eat kibble. Well, that's a smart talk, but Duke's on this 80, 10, 10 blend now. And his dad took him off the monthly chemicals and vaccines. Yep. He immediately started eating again. No pickiness. Uh, his dad even told me that the raw is cheaper per month than his premium kibble. His words. Yay. Yep. Uh, and that and- came that that <laughs> actual she emailed me that asking me a, a different question. This was just an excerpt from that email. But um, that came two or three hours after we were having a, um, a discussion with somebody who was insisting that raw was more expensive. I was like, well, that was very timely. <laughs> Um, you know, and I think that they do think that they are paying less for kibble than they are for raw. And um, in this discussion, what you were pointing out is there's there's a couple of things here, guys. Number one, kibble is not the same as raw. All right. So we not we are not comparing apples to apples ever. No. I, even if it's the most expensive kibble out there, which I think we've maybe determined that might be carnivore. Right. Yeah. So as I was looking at Carnivore, there is a fish one uh, that for 20 pounds, it is one hundred and ninety seven dollars. 
<laughs> well, and just for their regular maintenance, a 14-pound bag is $125. And they could feed a 55-pound dog on that 14 pounds of carnivore for two months. And I'm like, um, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> Well, um, actually, it's a 60-pound dog because I I um, verified that. So it's a 60-pound dog. And um, what, what uh, Cheryl, it's from Cheryl. She was saying that typically she gets the white fish digestive health, which is $78 for a 22-pound bag on Chewy. But I get it cheaper with her 20% discount. Uh, but she said, but even with that, a 22-pound bag would last a month. Now, here's the thing. She did say that this dog only weighs 48 pounds and needs to move up to 50 uh, to 60. So I'm thinking that maybe um, maybe he's not eating enough. But but one. Well, of the... yeah. Anyway, go ahead. OK, so it, it is a very different. You can. <laughs> Sorry. Go no, ahead. You're not. No, you're not. Just talk. You want to say something? You, I mean, you can, me you can you... make this as easy or as difficult as you want. And, you know, I when I first started feeding raw 20, 25 years ago, however long it was, I, I started with DIY and I would not do anything that cost more than a dollar a pound. Ooh, but it so, was closer to that price back then. Yeah. Keep in mind, there's no way you could do that now. But I, I mean, prices are like completely trying to compare then to now is, you know, it's not realistic on actual prices, but the trend is still the same. You know, I had no money. I was in school. I, you know, I didn't have a job. You have to factor in everything. Yeah, you can totally make raw way expensive. You know, and then you compare that to old Roy or something like that. Yeah, it's going to be more. But if you stay, you know, most people are feeding middle of the road, quote unquote, premium kibble, you know, middle of the road or higher. So you're looking at basically at this point, a, a 33 pound bag is going to be $40 or more. Right. And and yeah, you can't compare a pound to pound because it's not a pound of kibble and a pound of raw is not the same. Right. Mm -hmm. But in in most cases, in general, you're going to feed um, less food. You're going to need less food than you are kibble. You're going to have over time, you're going to have less health problems. You're going to have less vet visits. You're going to have, I mean, over time, it, it, even if you are spending more initially out of pocket for raw, if you average out over time, it's going to be the same or less if you factor everything in. But <clears throat> even it's still going to be within the same same range. It costs too much. It costs too much. That's something that the kibble companies put out there to stop people from doing it. And then, <clears throat> you know, when you're initially switching your initial output, yeah, it's it's a little boggling because you have to, um, it, generally, you have to buy a certain amount, and you you know you get these extra little add-on things and all that. But once you once you get your initial reserves kind of kind of set in your system set. It's not. It's it's comparable 
the what you're gonna feed using um what they would consider a premium kibble and i i i know this because i've done it i know other people that have done it and have said exactly the same thing that that guy said in the email so you know if you need help figuring this out call me i'll help you yeah. Now, if you're feeding old Roy or something that costs, you know, 89 cents a pound or something like that, that's not what I'm talking about. You can you can feed your dog absolute toxic crap, which all kibble is. But there's there are some variations of that. Uh, you know, yeah, I uh, although. Uh, chicken quarters used to be 89 cents a pound, but you can't feed again. You can't feed chicken, chicken, chicken all the time either. Exactly. 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 Now, I, it, I do know people that have tried that, Niels. And when they have done that, we've we've come back with some pretty not not happy dogs. Right. They they're um, they're not well. Yeah. When I first started, I used to do I fed twice a day and I fed ground beef and veggies in the morning and chicken uh, thighs or drumsticks at night. And I prepped once a month with my ground veggies and portioned everything out and all that. Um, <clears throat> and I only did organs on occasion and I only did other proteins on occasion. And I fed that way for several years and I still, there, there was nothing wrong with my dog and I still saw a huge improvement. So, you know, all this worry about getting everything exactly right and this, that, and the other. I know from personal experience that that's nonsense. There is, and I would never tell anybody to feed that way now, and I would never do it myself because I know a whole lot better now. But back then, I didn't. But that's just an example that just getting the dog off of the toxic crap and putting it on real food, even if you're not doing it quite right, is you're going to see a huge improvement and just think if you do it like really right, what's going to happen. So, you know, people are so afraid to switch. I've known lots of people that have done it like way wrong, supposedly, and their, do their dogs are totally fine. They're better than they were when they started. So I've always said the only wrong way to do it is to not do it at all. And I stand by that. So anyway, that was a total tangent, right. but it's, it's perfectly fine. Uh, it's perfectly fine. Uh, tangent away, tangent <laughs> away, my friend. <laughs> All right. So uh, when I'm looking at Walmart right now, I'm looking at um, ten dollars. Yeah, ahead. go ahead. Uh, they were like Red Label or Red Star or something like that. It was Tyson's throwaways that were ugly quarters, and they were like not quite nine dollars for 10 a 10 pound bag when i was buying them yeah so what i'm seeing here is you know a family pack and 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 i want to say something about the way that they are prefacing this where they say 4.25 to 5.3 pounds okay because in the pack in the pack if we have the exact same number of wings or thighs it's going to vary anyway it's 14.50 for let's just call it a five pound pack. It's $14.50 for five pounds. So the average price is $3.18 a pound. 
for chicken. Okay, that's chicken. Oh, um, uh, well, I guess that's because we're having a chicken shortage lately since the government has decided that they need to murder all the chickens. So. Murder! Murder the chickens! Nobody can have them. I know, it's crazy. Uh, that is crazy. It is really bad. And then when we look at the free-range chicken, now again, this is at Walmart. Um, this is on their site. $3.76 a pound for Purdue harvested free range, fresh boneless chicken thighs. Uh, but then guys, you've got to figure out your bone. Uh, you also want to put your organs in there and that all comes in the price per pound that we have. Um, so, I mean, you can do it. Uh, you can, you just got to go out there and source everything. Um, and I don't know what preservatives are in these. I have no idea. Well, that's the other thing you got to look at. If you're if you're buying at the grocery store and doing DIY, you got to look at, especially with chicken uh, and probably pork, but you got to look at sodium and enhancement and all that because they they plump those things up with, um, uh, you know, a brine mixture. They they inject them with that to make them look plump and pretty, and you end up with a uh, saline content that is off the charts. So. Um, you have to be careful with that. And that's why I was buying those, um, ugly, um, and I would never support Tyson at this point in time, but I didn't know better back then, but, um, they're, you know, the, the drumsticks were broken or they were misshapen or something like that. So they were kind of the toss away ugly ones and they didn't bother to enhance them and they were super cheap. So, um, and they were actually better. They would have been better for people too, because they didn't have all that stuff injected into them, but they were ugly. So, you know, um, but that's something else you have to be careful with. And most, um, uh, most prepackaged meats are, are like that. So you don't want to have more than, um, I've forgotten now. It's been so long, but I think it's like 0.75 milligrams or something like that of sodium. Anyway, you have to be careful of things like that. And I would imagine at this point that labeling is even harder to figure out than it was back then. So what we have seen is one vet visit. Yeah. Um, is when your dog is ill, okay, and there's not a pet parent out there probably that listen to this podcast that isn't going to do whatever it takes to help their pet when they're ill, okay? And when that time comes, it's going to be very expensive. That has to figure in. Yeah, and just think if you have a chronic problem. I mean, how many how many people that that feed kibble have skin problems and organ issues and all that those become chronic long-term maintenance health issues and it takes years off the end of your dog's life so um you know dog turns five or six years old and you know you're it's vet every other month or you're refilling prescriptions and health is getting worse and all that so you you have to look at that too so you don't um uh, well, and at that point, they're going to put you on prescription kibble, which is ridiculous as far as far as price goes. So, uh, you know, I I don't I don't buy that it's cost prohibitive. I I'm I'm sorry, that's just not that's not 
in my world, in my mind, and in my experience, that's not a legitimate argument. It's just not. Well, especially if there are some issues that are going on, right? If we have a dog that's underweight, if we have a dog that's overweight, if we have a dog that has gut issues, skin issues, um, any kind of issues, um, I was going to, I was going to look, we got um, uh, a question in, we've tried everything. Okay. Now, you know, that, that when that comes in, that, that we're going to look at it and say, well, if you haven't tried raw and you haven't gotten rid of, you know, all of these other things, then quite possibly you haven't tried everything, but from their vet's point of view, from the conventional point of view, they have. Yeah. Correct. So this was the issue. Um, our dog keeps getting horrible ear infections and the vet said it might be her gut and advised probiotics. Uh, which of your products would be suited for this? We asked the question, you know, what food is your pup currently eating? And it's the no grain wholehearted kibble. <laughs> okay. And um, then they're doing uh, vaccinations. Uh, they're on the second round of vaccinations. So I said, well, all you have to do is remove the kibble. Was this a puppy? Oh, she's two. Oh, I'm sorry. She's two years old, 62 pounds, not a puppy. Okay. So yeah, the recurrent ear infections usually starts with um, uh, either a round of vaccines or a round of antibiotics. And typically what starts is you'll get vaccines and then you'll get a, a urinary infection of some sort. They'll put them on antibiotics. And then you have a yearly cycle of urinary tract infections and ear infections. And um, the more you treat with antibiotics and the more you continue with the kibble, it turns into a vicious cycle. And it's, it's um, basically all about um, the microbiome and in the gut, um, on the skin, in the ears, all that. And there's, there's no way to feed the proper, the proper colonies with kibble. It's impossible. We really got to remove the offending foods first. Yeah. And um, giving probiotics is not, is not going to make any difference because the bacteria, bacteria are um, polymorphic. So they, they change, they change forms, which is how you end up with superbugs and all that other kind of stuff. So reg even if you have an appropriate, even if you start with an appropriate uh, microbiome with, with the appropriate colonies and species and all that kind of stuff, you start feeding starch and kibble and all that kind of stuff. Those bacteria, you know, people usually explain it as they die off and, and feed the others. Well, that's sort of true, but actual, actually they morph into um, a, a form that is more suitable to that particular type of food. Everything you put in your dog's mouth is going to feed one species or another of bacteria and of the of the biome. And that goes all over. I mean, you know, they're all connected. Everything is connected. Everything within the dog is connected. So it's going to affect their skin. It's going to affect their ears. It's going to affect their mouth. It's going to affect their gut. It's going to affect their feet. It's going to affect everything. So if 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 you're feeding that, then you're not only feeding the wrong species, but you're potentiating the right species to um, morph into the wrong species. So
You can't just fix it. It's like giving probiotics with antibiotics. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't fix it. You can't just, you know, there's, there's things you can, you can do that you can't fix. I mean, you might be able to mediate it a little bit, but once you give a vaccine, you can't fix it. Once you give antibiotics, you can't fix it. You can help mitigate the damage and some will be worse than others and all that. But you know, you can't fix it back the way it was. Yeah, I, I think it's very disingenuous for some of the health professionals out there to say that you can fix it. So yeah. it just helps people feel not so bad about giving a vaccine, right? Yeah, it's like throwing a handful of blueberries on kibble and making your patting yourself on the back for doing better. It's still poison. Yeah, and we don't mean to beat people up, but... We, but, gonna, but you know, that you've got to look at what is going on in the kibble. So there, you know, you, you've talked about the copper in the kibble before and, you know, dogs naturally put out a thing about it. There, there are real problems with the way that kibble dog food is formulated. We've yeah. had vitamin D toxicities. We've had too much calcium, um, copper is too high because they are um they changed the form and right. i think we've talked about that before so they changed right. the form without changing the amounts and not taking into account what is native to whatever food they're using and all that and now people are freaking out about how much copper is in my food well this is a kibble problem this is not a, a real food problem so um you know, it's kind of like we said the other day, um, if you see something listed on the ingredient list, that means it's been added back in, usually in a synthetic form. If you have, we don't have that. I mean, real, real food is real food, you know, beef, muscle meat, beef, bone, beef, organ, um, liver, kidney, heart, whatever it is. So none of those things are listed because they're not artificially added in. They're the amounts that's there is what is native to the food, which is what is native to what the dog needs in the first place. So don't have to unless unless you yourself are adding something to it, you don't need to worry about that kind of stuff. It doesn't it doesn't happen with real food. This is all a kibble problem. And now people are freaking out about iodine, freaking out about copper, freaking out about vitamin D. Just feed real food and you don't have to worry about it. So I've had uh, another question that came in where this particular uh, dog is is itching. OK, and in our questions, we say tell us, you know, there, and, and these are just the check boxes. There's probably more that we should add, but in this dog that's itching, we said, what, what is this dog getting right now? Here's what this dog is getting. Vaccinations, flea and tick, heartworm, side point for allergies, fish oil, toppers, treats with more than one ingredient and, and dairy. So the, our response back was all of these are causing the problem. Yeah. Okay. hundred percent. Right. So then, then, then the, the customer responded and said, well, he's no longer being vaccinated. No more flea and tick and heartworm. He was on trio tab. 
uh, but no more. We only did one cyto point last August because we were desperate. But yeah. here's here's where I think that people tend to go a little bit wrong. And and they said, well, we gave up on toppers because they didn't help. Right. Toppers are full of carbs, guys. Most of the yeah. time, I've never seen a topper out there that I would give my dog. You know what I would do if I had a topper? I would take the air-dried bison lung, bison liver, something of that, smash it up, and sprinkle a little bit of that because that's just organs. Mm -hmm. um, but she said those toppers didn't help. Other than a digestive aid, we just started from solid gold. It's sea meal. Uh, and solid gold bison and brown rice because switching to an all fish. No rice. Right. No rice. Because switching to an all fish protein diet didn't work. Well, if this kibble? is all fish kibble. Well, that's my question. Is this an all fish kibble? Uh, because solid gold bison and brown rice is a kibble, right? Um, so I don't know. I, I mean, the, the, thing is again go ahead so were they looking to switch to raw or are they just asking you nutrition questions thinking that you're gonna say it's okay to continue feeding kibble well i'm pretty sure that they probably listened to the podcast so that would be crazy if somebody thought that <laughs> right? i mean they know we're not gonna say that um yeah so, although i will say that people do tend to say i've tried everything and and if I say, have you done raw without all these other things? If they were to say yes to me, then we would move forward and say, all right, there's some of the things that we can do, some of the maybe, maybe, maybe some test uh that you could do. But I would always send them over to you because that's that's your thing. I mean, you you go deep. But the majority of the time, if you have not gone full raw gotten off all that crap then you haven't done everything yet and real real raw not that commercial crap that might as well be kibble mm -hmm. i know i have a lot of people that want to compare my stuff to steve's real raw and i'm the, like there's Steve's there's no comparison it's <laughs> it's there's just not i mean um commercial commercial raw um patties and crumbles and all that stuff that you can get at the pet food stores it, it's not the same thing you might as well you know i mean maybe it's better than kibble but for the most part it it's not comparable it's not the yeah. same thing and so this customer who has this dog you know she she said my vet just wants to put him on medications and food with preservatives and little nutritional value okay that's what the vet wants and i get that she is worried about the cost and how much he's going to need and the complexity. Well, I can guarantee you that the raw food is going to be way cheaper than what the vet wants to do. Yeah. He's a hundred. Yeah. He's 115 pounds. Um, what he was eating is a Bixby Liberty fish food. And yes, it is a kibble because I did take a look at that. Yeah. Um, that is totally a kibble. You know what what drives me crazy about these kibble manufacturers is how they are convincing people that they are doing a variety. You're doing a variety of donuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if if you've done 
fish and you've done uh beef and you've done chicken, you're just moving from one donut to the other. And I do understand that some some dogs, pet parents will say, well, my dog does better on this chicken blend than they do on the fish. They stop itching initially. It's just because it's something different. And right. you're you're just creating a you're creating a sensitivity. And again, you know, a, a protein in, in kibble form and that same protein in raw form is not the same thing. The it, it's it's not comparable. You can have a dog that is sensitive or reacts to kibble chicken and is totally fine on raw chicken. Um, and that goes with any with anything. But, you know, th- kibble is just not I don't care what brand it is. I don't care how expensive it is. I don't care where it comes from. I don't care who makes it. I don't care who told you to feed it. It's crap. It's dry. It, yeah, it's toxic. I mean, Carnivore is probably, as far as I know, at least the last time I checked into all the different ones, is probably the only one that is not literally toxic. But it's still higher in carbs than you need. It's still, and they, um, I, at least the, this used to be true. They baked it instead of extruded it and all that. So it was, um, but you know, so if you're going to feed kibble, that would be, that would be the only one, but it's way more expensive than raw. So why would you do that? All right. So since you said that there's two things I want to ask you, um, one is about the protein level and we're going to come back to the measurements in, in one second. Okay. But the protein level. So I had uh, a sweet customer whose breeder told them that they needed to be feeding a kibble that was 20% protein. I said, well, you would need to understand how are they talking about they just want your puppy to have protein in general uh, or are they wanting you to have animal protein? There's a huge difference between where the protein comes from. In any kibble, the animal protein is incredibly low. Even So, it, you know, they say that it goes by the order of how it's put in. Yeah, but they also do split ingredients and when they when they talk about like say the first ingredient says beef well that's beef bef- in the wet form before it's actually um dry ma- on a dry matter basis so once it's actually on dry matter basis it's way at the bottom of the list so all that protein is made from one um kind of rearranging the the um um how they're comparing it how they're labeling it and two most of it is coming from isolated uh proteins from other places so like pea protein isolate potato starch uh tapioca all all that stuff um which you know is sugar it's turns immediately to sugar but it's listed as protein i mean there's protein in cardboard there's you know there's protein in your couch so a 20% kibble protein and a 10% raw protein is completely different i mean if you're if you're and if you're feeding a you know a variety of um 
a variety of different proteins, you know, and yeah, some of them are going to be higher in quote unquote protein than others. I mean, you know, cause every animal has a different makeup, right? Some are leaner, some are fatter, you know, it's every, every species is going to be different. Every individual animal is going to be different. So yeah, it's going to be different, but if you're feeding real food, protein content is going to be totally appropriate. So, and the only so, difference with puppies is, you, you know, they, they do need extra, extra bone and, um, maybe a little more cartilage as their joints are developing and all that. But you want, you want lean, lanky puppies. You don't want pudgy puppies. So, and you want them to grow slow. So that's something that you guys really want to look at. Okay. Um, we really need to look at real food versus you know that and 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 my response really was this i said why are we listening to a kibble a kibble feeder right yeah it why are we listening to a kibble feeder because she has a puppy she wants to make sure he's getting everything and i understand that but this particular pet parent has not fed kibble in 12 years well and i think that's probably why she was asking you about it because I, it, you know, it brought questions to her, which is good. You know, she's thinking about, well, this, this doesn't really jive with what I think. So what am I missing kind of thing? So well, it's, it's hard on the pet parents when you yeah. have a breeder. Okay. So when you or look at the Orvet, um, but you look at the breeder and you say, well, you are the one that is, is helping create this puppy. So I would assume that you know all of the nutrition that that puppy needs. Yeah, but looking at it this way, um, breeders typically sell their puppies. So, you know, two years later, they have all kinds of health problems. Is that breeder going to know? I mean, some of them will. I mean, there are some really seriously top-notch breeders. I'm not saying that. But the a good portion of them are, are you know, they're not going to know, and even if they do know, they're going to attribute it to genetics and not to food. We have a lot of great breeders that do feed raw, okay? They start these puppies. The, well, the, the moms are eating raw, generations of raw. Right. These are raw. That's the way to do it. Right, raw rear dogs. But, but, but by and large, you're right. Breeders, it is a somewhat of a business, right? And so we look at the P&L statements, and- it could be a deciding factor if whether they're going to sell that puppy or not, right? That they want to be able to sell the puppy. If they're feeding raw, will somebody continue to feed raw? Um, and is that going to stop them if they say, in my agreement, you must feed raw, right? So I think yeah. what, what you're saying is, by and large, uh, breeders and show dogs, big in the Perina Pro uh, plan right big into that and you would think that show dogs or athletic dogs would not be eating that kind of stuff but well, they do most of a, most of their careers are pretty short too yeah so did you know this corn gluten meal which is a certainly popular ingredient in lower end kibble but it can contain up to 80 percent protein yeah and that's how they that's how they fractionate that and then and then if you look in it there's going to be multiple things that are 
um, corn products that are fractionated like that on the ingredient list so they can put it further down the row. But exactly, that's where the protein's coming from, those types of things. It's not coming from meat. And so a dog didn't know, a dog's body didn't know what to do with that kind of protein. It's, it, you know, that's why, that's why kibble, part of why kibble dogs have such big poops, you know, and right. why raw dogs have smaller, harder, crumble, more crumbly poops because their body actually uses everything. And remember this guys, plants do not contain any taurine. Um, arginine is also uh, limited in plants, um, but meat, poultry, eggs, and fish are huge in arginine and taurine, which is what your carnivore needs. All right. So there, there's a lot of play that goes into the marketing. Again, we've talked about it at nauseum that just because it says no soy, no corn, no this, no that, they don't tell you what is in there. What they are saying is we're going to tell you that the buzzwords, the things that make you feel better about feeding a kibble is there. Now, we understand that people are going to feed kibble. But what we are saying is we're in the health business. We're in the business <laughs> yeah. of don't health. don't ask us don't ask us if it's okay because neither one of us are ever going to say it's okay. <laughs> right. So so the question is, um, are you in it for the health of your dog? Then there's there's a there's consequences that come with cheaper food. Okay. Yeah, there is a floor for how much you're going to have to spend for raw. So yeah, you can feed kibble cheaper. You can, but most people that are, like I said, most people that are feeding middle of the road are better. Are the costs are going to be comparable. And like that one guy said, it was, it ended up being less for him. And then you factor in everything else. Well, I don't, I don't think that people are um, adding in the cost when like a lot of these you know, emails that we get, my dog has an ear infection. My dog yeah. has uh, the itchies. So we've had to yeah. decide a point. My dog has gut issues. They are going to reach out and try to get some medication for that. What is that medication costing? Okay. You have to add that in. And you also have to add in, not only is what it costing out of your pocket, but what's it costing your dog in misery and loss of longevity? Right. Right. We have to add that in. So, um, again, my nephew in Phoenix switched from fresh pet, uh, over, Thank goodness. yeah. Uh, over to our food and he's like, oh my gosh. He's he eating. was a hard sell too, wasn't he? Yeah. I mean, you know, and now he's like, man, I'd really like to start pushing this stuff for you guys. <laughs> I mean, he had a German shepherd. And my brother went out there and said, oh, my gosh, this dog looks terrible, you know. And <laughs> uh, so Thanos and Phil. So Phil is a little tiny, you know, little bit of nothing. Phil looks better. This GSD looks amazing. And he's this is only his second month. So what's the difference? He's feeding the exact same amount of food uh, that he was with Fresh Pet. And this dog is no longer showing ribs and hip bones. And um, his coat's probably better. His coat is beautiful. 
you know, and here's what he, so he said, well, how much should he weigh? And I said, he should weigh, uh, what he looks good at. So let's, 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 um, make sure that we don't have any hip bones or ribs showing figure eight. He needs a figure eight and then take him in weight. And then we're going to start feeding him according to that. Yeah. And, um, but it's amazing when you feed real food and I can't, I'm not going to be an HPP. I'm not going to be an AAFCO food. Mm-mm. Meaning no. I, I'm not going to. Uh, We're not going to bow down to the powers that ought not be. Right. Until they kill us off. Right. And they, yeah. and that's that. You know, ooh, that's a terrible <laughs> thing to throw out there into the universe, but <laughs> it's not going to happen. Right, right. But, you know, there are very few real raw companies left. And I will say why that is, is because they're buying people up and and they will buy more up and the will be the holdouts. You know, we will be they will change and they're trying to do it now, Neely, and they've been trying to do it forever. So here came in the real raw, right, almost as good as the DIY or better, right? But let's just say DIY was Definitely. you were putting it together. We're doing it for you now. We're not adding mm-hmm. crap to it. We're not HPPing it so that people who are afraid of bacteria can feel better about feeding substandard food, okay? I, I guess what's happening is the fresh food portion of the market is becoming bigger and bigger. And so now you've got more people putting their toe in and trying it. And rather than... Um, it, you know, companies are trying to like homogenize everything so that um, there's no um, people can't make any arguments. It's like, oh well, it's AFCO approved. Oh well, it's this. Oh well, it's that. You don't want that. But trying to trying to explain that to everybody on that kind of a scale is pretty near impossible so companies are thinking if they're going to be able to stay in the market they're going to have to transfer to those to put those labels on there so that the average joe that thinks it's trendy to feed real food will will buy their product and that's just not what we're about we i mean we've always said we're in it for the dog both of us have always said that we're in it for the dog so you know market be damned we're going to do the right thing regardless. Well, that's about all the time we have for today. The next um, podcast, Niels, I want to help people understand how to measure out um, with, with their food. Okay. Because um, kibble versus raw is different. Um, if you're using a cups, um, measuring out our food that is raw is different because there are dry food measurements and there are uh wet food measurements and they all don't work the same get a food scale they're like 20 bucks <laughs> yeah food sca- food scales are the best and like volume good- measurements and and weight measurements are not the same so right all right this so is a hint all right so if you have questions you have a puppy you have dogs with issues you want to work with neely piazza 30 different health certifications. She's got homeopathy under her belt. Um, I don't know anybody that knows more about pet nutrition than Neely Piazza. And that is when you're dealing with 
issues, you need to know how things are working together and possibly uh, com- com- uh, be uh, causing the issue. That's not the word I was looking for, but uh, combining things. <laughs> you know what Contributing. I mean? Contributing? Yes, that was it. It was a C <laughs> word. And I come with, what is it? Okay. Thank you so much. Uh, Where do you find Neely Piazza? She's on my experts page under health consults. Just go to that very first one. Okay. That's me and Neil's right there. Uh, Just click on that, fill that out and uh, you can work with Neely. It's well worth the money. Well worth the time. She gives you far more um, than that money goes. Let me just say that. Okay. There are a lot of people that are, that are charging $300 for consults. Uh, Neely's what's, what's your, what is it? When, what is it? A regular is 175, but when they come through you, they get $20 off. So it's 155 and it usually goes somewhere between an hour, hour and a half. And I'll tell you the truth and I'll be honest with you. And um, yeah, it's cheaper than the vet who will not tell you the truth because they, most of them don't know. Right. Right. They can't tell you the truth that they don't know the truth. That's right. That's just the way it works. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. Get over to rawdogfoodandco.com because your pet's health is our business and friends. Don't let friends feed kibble. We'll see Ever. Ever. My gosh, (laughs) never. Okay. We'll see you next week, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, snap. Find out how you can start your dog on the road to health and longevity. Go to rawdogfoodandcompany.com, where friends don't let friends feed kibble and where your pet's health is our business. Just snap. Oh, snap. Find out how you can start your dog on the road to health and longevity. Go to rawdogfoodandcompany.com, where friends don't let friends feed kibble and where your pet's health is our business. Just snap.